Welcome to the Rick Essential Podcast. Unofficial analysis of the hit TV show Rick and Morty. This is Brandon Saxton. And Katie Gordon. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm good. We're now part of the Geek Therapy Network, this that's, podcast, too. That's right. And the thing about this podcast is it's basically a spinoff of Jedi Council. This show is Frasier to Jedi Council's cheers in that's a lot right. of ways. We've taken one specific part of Jedi Council, our mini rick and morty series and turned it into an entire show here we are breaking down every episode some episodes a lot to talk about some episodes nothing at all to talk about but we're just doing our best i saw the other day that rick and morty it looks like it's been renewed for like 900 new episodes so we're going to be doing <laughs> this for a up. long time yep. <laughs> well there today for example because we we're, we usually break it down to two episodes so we've done one before when there was a lot to talk yeah. about this one we're actually going to use three the first three episodes of season two episodes one two and three because Episode 2 didn't have much in terms nah. of psychological stuff for Not us to even talk much about. At all, no. But the first and third one had a lot about something that Brandon and I mm-hmm. are both inter- very interested in research-wise yeah. and clinically, which is suicidal behavior and mm-hmm. how to prevent it. And to me, this is kind of building on our last episode and showing a different side to Rick. Absolutely. This is where we really finally start to get into some character development with Rick. All of season one, and, and there's a few hints uh, that there's more to them, but but pretty consistently, all of season one, Rick Sanchez is just 100% sensation-seeking and, uh, and narcissistic in his approach to life in that he only is doing exactly what he wants for his own pleasure uh, at the disregard to society and the people around him almost exclusively. That's right. And so we finally hear right away in episode one, and especially in episode three that we'll come back to, we start to see Rick having a little more vulnerability, uh, caring a little bit more about um, the way that other people are thinking about him. And so this is really where I think the show started to get pretty good. And the character has got a lot more interesting and engaging for me. I agree. I'm excited to talk about this topic because it is one that we feel so passionate about. So maybe we should go ahead and get started with a Rickle in Time and Let's have a famous Brandon episode summary yeah, to start you, us off. you bet. So we're picking up right from Rixie Business uh, Season 1 finale, where in which you might recall there was a tremendous party at the uh, Smith household, um, and Morty and Summer's parents said, Listen, Rick, if the house is destroyed, uh, that's it. That's the last straw. You're out of here. So the house is completely destroyed. So right as uh, Jerry and Beth are coming home, Rick freezes time for six months and uh they kind of it takes them six months to clean up the house and so they (laughs) they unfreeze time and due to the science underlying time although the time of the world continued the time of rick morty and summer is a little bit weird so basically rick says it'll catch up it'll kind of be more stable but right now our time is unstable so don't touch your parents, otherwise we'll just, like, cease to exist. Um, so he kind of gives uh, Jerry and, and Beth some, like, $500 to go out for ice cream, which, I don't know if you caught it, they spend 480 of it at uh, Cold Stone Creamery. When they're leaving, Jerry says they have $20 left, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, and another side effect of the unstable time is if Rick, Morty, or Summer makes any decisions that they're not 100% certain of, 
uh, this creates a, a kind of a fractal in time. And this, uh, of course, leads to pretty comedic effects where Morty and Summer start uh, creating these fractions in time. And then Rick kind of gets a little more paranoid. And then he leads to some fractions. And eventually they are able to line it all back up with the help of these kind of callers that stabilize time. And things turn out okay in the end, um, as as they usually do. That's right. Um, one thing I want to jump in right away with mm -hmm. is there's a point where there are two two uh it's not two different timelines per se because they kind of are existing outside of time which was kind of a funny thing they look outside and there are like thousands of cats flying around and yes. rick explains that they were all schrodinger's cat <laughs> yes. and weren't schrodinger's cat which i thought was very funny i like that a lot too um but rick uh he starts to get paranoid that the other that he's basically going to try to kill himself because if you've seen the episode, there are kind of two separate Ricks going. And so he does start to try to kill himself because he believes the other version is going to kill himself. And this got me thinking right away. Um, Rick, this I mean, in some ways, and of course it's sci-fi and it's weird, but this does demonstrate that Rick has some capacity to take his own life. And I think that's the first time we really see some concrete evidence of that, even though it's done in kind of this I don't know what's the right word. Kind of this weird sci-fi kind of way. Oh, I agree. I mean, he... Similar as we'll, we'll turn to this scene later on when we talk about the third episode in the season, but he would have killed himself if Morty didn't knock him over, and then they put him yeah. in a dog crate. Yeah. To kind of keep him safe, Which I he guess. did ex escape from, or could have at any time, but it is sort of weird, yeah, because he is kind of... I, the science, of course, is, is kind of sci-fi and weird but basically he's using this time crystal that he modifies a gun with to, to try to shoot these other versions of himself yeah so this is our first indication um of a theme that will return where we see rick um demonstrating some capacity to end his own life and i think that's that's uh that's a really serious thing of course um, because this really starts to build on the storyline that started in the episode prior, where Bird Person explains that Rick's wubble love a dub dub catchphrase means um, something along the lines of I'm in great pain, please help me. And so this is another kind of piece of that puzzle that's coming together. Yeah, we see that in, in a couple other incidents. One, um, you know, Summer says, it's interesting because he still deflects, says you try to kill yourself. And he says, only in self-defense, myself tried to kill me first, which is a very Rick yeah. kind of... He's I mean, rationalizing it. it. Yeah. yeah. But it did, because we're doing a Rick essential informal analysis here, it did make me think a little bit about when people experience suicidal feelings. Often there is this ambivalence of a desire to escape pain but also this desire to live. And you can kind of see the same ambivalence. Now, Rick might have just been saying that to deflect, and it might not be yeah. as deep as that. But um, it it did seem like he felt like something outside of him was trying to kill him. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's the first piece of that puzzle. And I think we're going to return to that in, in future episodes. But that's kind of all I have for that part. Did you have anything else kind of related to that theme? Well, one thing I thought about is that Summer asks him to prove he's not a threat to himself or others before letting him out. And it reminded me a little bit of our Jedi Council podcast episode with special guest Rudy Caceres, who talked about the use of restraints. Yeah. And when people are involuntarily hospitalized and they're told it's for their own good and how complex that is. So I am just going to, I think that was a really interesting conversation. Oh, Rudy absolutely. has a lot of 
expertise in and talking about this story. So I'm going to link to that in the notes, but that's just one thing that stood out that I think is worth talking about. Um, He then kind of apologizes to the alternate Rick for the whole situation. Yeah, with the four voicemails. He does. And then they get the, yeah, (laughs) then they get the collars, right, that are supposed to bring time together. So this is really interesting to me because Morty's collar breaks and Rick actually decides I'm going to just float in space forever and give Morty the collar, which is unlike Rick up to this point. This is very striking. And Mm -hmm. and I want to call our listeners' attention back to the beginning of the episode where Rick is genuinely um frightened and distraught at being here he mm-hmm. he talks about like <clears throat> summer and morty are like where, where are our parents and he's just like D- that does not matter we are in oblivion right now we don't actually exist this is a huge problem so you're right the fact that we see rick accepting that he will exist in this timeless space forever just to make sure that morty is okay is is i think um, another first that we see of Rick, where he is demonstrating a great capacity for concern for Morty. Yes, and then he, something very interesting happens because he's like trying to convince himself I can do this forever. He's already saved Morty, and then he's like, no, I can't. And then he sees this collar. He yeah. prays to God, even though he's an atheist, yes. prays to God to fix the collar. It works, and rather than becoming a believer, he t- <laughs> oh, yeah. he basically says, "See God, I don't need you," which yeah. is kind of like Screw a, a you, mini, God. yeah, like he a basically finger, like, I think. Yeah. yeah, he does, which in and of itself is a little unexpected, but yeah. it's not from him, I guess. But it's also like a little bit of an interesting attributional situation because it's like he's desperate, right? So he's like, "God, please help me." Then the thing works, and he's like, "See, I didn't need your help." And yeah. He attributes to himself, it is which very is fun. a very kind of uh, <clears throat> confirmation bias. Oh, for I don't sure. know. He's doing some mental acrobatics yeah. to maintain his belief, and it's sort of fun because that he puts himself above above the idea of God in that right. in that kind of the way he's doing right. that. Another thing I really liked about this sequence, which actually stands out as one of my favorite in the series is as he's kind of floating off, um, he he says, you know, this is okay. I, I'm okay with this. Morty, just be better than me. And I think that's important because that's also one of the first times that Rick, in a very genuine, serious way, is acknowledging that he realizes it, he's not great, maybe. And yeah. he, he really wants for Morty to be better than he is. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. It is because it, it's, it does suggest that he doesn't feel as negative negatively towards morty as he's been acting yeah. right it it basically suggests there is something underneath that oh, oh no go ahead i was gonna say the other thing that i thought was interesting in the episode is that um it starts off with rick making fun of of summer and morty because um he's making fun of jerry so he's really making fun of all three yeah. of them and he makes oh, up a yeah. reference and and says, oh, Jerry's just like Red Grin Grumble, am I right? And then they both laugh, and then he makes one of them for pretending that they understood the reference. But then at the end of the show, Jerry comes in, gets home, and makes fun of their necklaces that are holding time yes. together. And Morty says to Rick, it doesn't feel good, so good, does it? And Rick says, no, it hurts, which yeah. is a big deal for Rick to say that because he's on the receiving end of being made fun of, and Jerry's just going on and on about it. Oh, yeah. That is a good part. Yeah, I really like that too. It does. It's really way out of character because it's Rick is kind of this character who's never speechless in a way. He always has something to say, 
So it is kind of interesting and fun to see him just sort of sit there. I, I especially like the way the artists kind of depict his face. It's completely neutral. And he's just looking right at Jerry as he's just kind of getting roasted. Yeah. And he just does say, yep, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that well, that is kind of interesting too. Um, shortly after or nearby that as well, another really interesting thing is uh, Morty kind of looks for a little validation for Rick and says, you know, I'm having a hard time remembering what happened now that I have 63 other memories. But there was a version of you who sacrificed yourself to save me, Rick. And then he pretty much... I mean, he says something mean to Morty. I don't think he flat out denies it, but he says something mean to Morty and walks away. So it is interesting that he has the capacity to sacrifice himself for Morty, but he's not willing to engage in the emotional vulnerability to be open about possessing that capacity. And there's there's really a lot to unpack there in terms of kind of personality configuration and, and what that really means for someone and the way that they're thinking about themselves and the world around them. Yeah, in a way, it's more realistic, even though the show is we always say, like, there are a lot of strange things going on, oh, yeah. but it's more realistic that even the way that change happens a lot of times, sometimes it happens for people, like, they have a big dramatic event and everything changes, but typically when people describe change, it's not like that at all. It's a series of of events nudging people certain ways and decisions mm-hmm. that lead them in a direction, so I think it's more realistic. I mean, Rick was facing, you know, eternity floating through space, and you almost think like he's going to have some transformative experience, but he doesn't. He actually just doubles down on what he's like. Mm -hmm. He does carry some of that vulnerability, like we just said, but he returns kind of to status quo with his relationship with Morty. Yeah. So yeah, I, I very interesting episode. One of my favorite that we've, that we've talked about so far. And then I like the end where they have after the credits, they kind of, the the monsters come back and they're looking for Rick. And so it's kind of a fun acknowledgement. They see Einstein and they beat up Einstein, poor Einstein. But, you know, an acknowledgement of the similarity of the hair and the scientist thing. And and then Einstein says, I will mess with time after this happens. And then that's when he comes up with E equals MC squared, which I thought was very cool. I think they're punching him and saying, like, don't F with time. And then he says that. (laughs) And it actually is one of the best post-credit scenes. I think it's pretty funny. A good episode. One of my favorites, actually, of the series. I remember the first time I saw it, and I I was exceptionally excited for the second season the first time I saw it, and I still like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Should we jump into episode two quick? Yes. We've got Rick is not in this title. Morty is. Yeah, Morty Night Run. Uh, So this is basically starts off. It's a pretty bizarre episode. Rick and Morty take a trip uh, where in which Rick is trying to teach Morty how to fly the spaceship car thing. And... uh, Right away in the beginning, as one of the funniest parts where Rick doesn't even realize Jerry's in the car. Jerry says something, and Rick goes, Whoa, Jerry! <laughs> You've been back there the whole time? And it's very funny. Um, basically, when he realizes there, though, Rick drops Jerry off at this like intergalactic daycare for Jerry's, which is very weird and pretty funny. And then Rick sells this gun to an assassin to get money to go play games at Blitz and Chits. Uh, Blips and Chits, rather and uh it's a kind of a video arcade morty stops the assassin though which releases this being and morty's trying to save this being who's kind of this gaseous being and then uh ultimately ends up saving this person who he finds out is going to come back and like destroy all carbon-based life form in the universe so morty ends up killing this being who he saved from the beginning and it's actually pretty sad because morty morty's really trying to do the right thing throughout all this and then when he does, it turns out that what he did would have basically brought about the end of life as we know it. So 
it's a pretty interesting episode for sure. Yeah, and definitely, you know, with Morty getting mad at Rick for selling a hitman a gun and, and Rick yeah. saying, you know, but it's not my fault what he does yeah. with the gun. Yeah. Like, he's kind of, like you said, that's just so I can play. I mean, that's just, uh, Morty's like, no, he's mad about that. He yeah. doesn't see it that way. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think Rick says it's more complex out here and kind of tries to rationalize it. One of my favorite parts of this episode is actually the game Roy. Uh, it's such a random sort of thing that all of a sudden you're seeing this story of this person who played football and and then, uh, you know, goes on to work at a carpet store and has children and has a, a fight with cancer that they ultimately seem to win and then falls, dies in an accident. And then Morty comes out of it and it turns out it presumably he's lived an entire life. And that's what this game is. It's called Roy, where you just live this life of this person named Roy. And it's so interesting because Rick is sort of like all right get out of the way that was a pretty good run you wasted your 30s though let me try and Morty's going like where's my wife what happened Mm -hmm. and I don't know why but that always stands out my memory is such a bizarre thing where Morty's so fully engrossed and confused because he's just done this presumably lived an entire lifetime and Rick just kind of pushes him aside. He does and then doesn't, they're like, whoa, Rick's making it so that Roy doesn't have a social security. Yeah, he's like, he's taking Roy off the grid. Yeah. (laughs) So that, I don't know why, but that's one of the jokes that always stands out to me. It's Mm -hmm. really funny. Um, Other kind of things, I don't know. I mean, Rick, obviously willing to arm assassins to fund his gaming day. Uh, That's problematic behavior for sure. Morty continually trying to do the right thing, but it doesn't really pay off, and I worry about that because that makes me think that, um, you know, Morty's a lot different than Rick in a lot of ways, and I worry about Morty becoming as cynical as Rick is. And you can imagine if he continues to experience this pattern of events where he tries to do the right thing, but it doesn't matter anyway, he could adopt this kind of nihilist mindset that Rick has where where what doesn't matter. So right. I, I don't like that, and it, it's it's... I don't. I think Morty's better than that. I don't think he will kind of go down that way. But, but I don't know. As much as you can worry about a fictional character, that is what I find myself worrying about. Yeah, you know, it is interesting because obvi- their temperaments seem different, but it's a little hard to tell because it's kind of like Rick does frame it as though as if you've seen all of the things that I've seen, you would be exactly like yeah. me. I don't know. He seems to have some certain personality traits that tend to be heritable in there, like sensation yeah. seeking and those types yeah. of stuff. But then again, we've seen this other side where it does seem like he is maybe feeling differently on the inside than how he's coping. So, yeah, you're you're right, though. I mean, is Morty going to eventually just adopt that worldview or just adapt to the world that he's living in, which he has to kind of become more callous? Oh, for sure, yeah. And then the other thing is to that... To survive, literally. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, Rick really thinks so little of Jerry uh, across all timelines that, that there is a... a basically a daycare for jerry mm-hmm. and this is problematic for jerry and he does try to leave and then realizes that the world's pretty scary and goes back to the daycare which is he's pretty easily tricked with yeah. like that fake death yeah. yeah and then there is like a mix-up at the end so we don't actually know which jerry goes home with him mm-hmm. um, but that's about it for that episode for me yep i didn't have much for that one either no me neither so then we've got episode three uh autoerotic assimilation um, which also doesn't have a Rick in it. No, it seems which like it seems like it could, could have really easily. Rick. Yeah, so uh, basically they're looting a damaged spaceship. Rick is with Morty and Summer. It's fun to see Summer on the adventures too. Now you see that more and more. Um, and then they run into this person named Unity, who's this person that 
Rick used to date is a kind of a hive mind type of type of entity where she can take over entire civilizations or populations. Um, and uh, basically Rick has some pretty strong feelings for this person and um, Morty and Summer end up going home because they're kind of getting bored and things are getting a little bit weird because the Unity really is like taking over this whole planet and has this really grand plan to take over the universe and become God is what she describes. And Rick, uh, it seems like they used to maybe like uh, engage in some substance use and drink alcohol together and kind of engage in this worthless behavior. And so uh, she doesn't really want to do this, but Rick kind of gets her going on some of this stuff. And she loses control of the planet and things don't go very well. That's when Summer and, and Morty leave. And eventually she realizes how destructive Rick really is. And she leaves him, like, every version of her or every being she's controlling on this planet leaves him a little note. And he reads them all and, and uh, he's very heartbroken and, and leaves. And uh, a couple of really big things happen when he gets back. First, uh, Beth stands up to Rick for the first time. And, and it's, it's a really big deal because... It's so obvious, even in the interaction, that she's terrified that he's going to just leave because she's setting some boundaries for him. But he just says okay and accepts it. And then he actually goes and uh, and attempts suicide with this kind of laser device. He first uh, vaporizes the sort of creature that he has, and it's it's really a it's really a, a pretty powerful scene because this creature is kind of like it looks to be sad or distraught, and Rick's kind of like petting it. And then he kind of vaporizes it, and then he puts his own head under there, and then he actually passes out right before the uh, laser would have uh, vaporized him, presumably as well. So it's definitely where the show, for the first time, gets very serious and very powerful and depicts, uh, or, uh, depicts very explicitly that Rick is not in a good place mentally. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the suicide theme is a big one. There are some, and it seems like, we we could dig into that, and I think just st taking a step back with Unity, I mean, I think that one of the things that perhaps is precipitating, if I had to guess why he is not feeling good about himself, we're already seeing signs about him being in pain, is that he is in love with Unity or has some kind of connection to Unity, and she basically is like, yeah, but you're we're really bad together, yeah. and like... I would guess he feels rejected, disconnected, and kind of like a burden after that, which is a big contrast from how he felt on the planet. And I think, so that kind of builds. We see another moment with Morty that reminded me actually of when, he, when you were talking about when he tells Summer, let's just go watch TV, like mm -hmm. life is whatever life is. So Morty, they're talking about, well, is it actually good that Unity takes over people because she's turned they use examples she's turned um sex workers into scientists and she's taken this guy used to be a registered sex offender now look at what he's done and they make judgments about who are good and bad yeah. people and uh i'm not saying i, I share those judgments no. but i'm just saying yeah. this is what happens in the show and then they talk about that person was a drug addict who almost killed themselves and now unity took them over and so then Morty basically is like arguing, you know, the the viewpoint is unity is saving these people somehow or making them better. And Morty says, no one's saying life would be perfect if you hadn't taken over. It would just be life. Yeah. And that to me is just another theme of acceptance from Morty that it's not good to engineer people to all be this way. Yeah. You know, even if it seems like there are some benefits to it, there are some costs because these they aren't themselves yeah. anymore. 
Well, I really like that too. It 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 sh- it shows. I don't know exactly how to describe it. Morty really grows as a character, and and I think that's another really nice example where he he depicts or he demonstrates that he really is pretty wise for how young he is. And I think that was just such a nice thing to say in such a succinct argument is that, look, like, we're, like you already said, we're not saying that things will be perfect if we weren't here. We're just saying things were, and things just being, that's that's good. That's how it should be. Exactly. And yeah. then it, he's, as the show often does, basically immediately you see the negative consequences because yeah. they break out into a race war into, yeah. and they into their different groups and stuff like that. And and uh morty at this point is becoming a little bit habituated to the he's wild very stuff calm. he is and he says to oh summer first race war huh you know he's kind of like you know he's not real pleased about it but like this is happening so i think i think he likes to lord that over summer a yeah. little bit like what i've been on adventures like this this isn't such a big deal no i yeah. think you're right and it's like that's a nice thing it's like no actually it was better when one thing controlled everyone yeah. at least that's the way the episode goes i would i i agree with morty's sentiment regardless of what happened right after um and then the other interesting thing like you said is jerry and beth they they argue a lot about rick's motivations oh yeah absolutely Folks at home are maybe hearing an ambulance right now. Yes. There, there is a hospital nearby, and yeah. my editing skills aren't good enough to take that out. So I, I just it adds a little, a little realism. Yeah, for sure. To this, to this situation. So they, they argue why does Rick has a monster chain up? Beth is like, oh, he's saving the world. He's a genius. Jerry thinks it's because he's evil, and then they kind of you can see them going back and forth about this this kind of thing but you're right in the end it is a big deal because beth actually stands up to rick and acts like there's a hint that maybe her mom did the same thing yes and and it seems we don't know this for sure but it seems like based on her behavior and hesitation that's maybe what she perceives as what caused rick to leave exactly i can't sacrifice this whole family's safety just because you'll leave again and and then she's kind of like, but are you going to leave? And, yeah. you know, she's kind of trying to be firm about it and wants to keep her family safe, but she really doesn't want him to go. And it does sound like maybe that's what happened early in her life. Also, how funny is that alien? Yes. When he finally gets really <laughs> with annoyed with the fighting yeah. and pops off the wall. It's like, listen, I don't know. Maybe it's just the voice. The voice was very funny yeah. because it was a kind of a big, scary alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? I think... I guess the other thing that's kind of funny happens twice. Rick forgets the word for human. Jerry yeah. talks about it, and then he says, Summer is a hyper-emotional, needy little human. Yeah. And he says basically he can tolerate it, but he just can't make himself care about those yeah. types of things. So you kind of, again, that's the callous theme you see throughout. It's kind of like in the uh, episode one where they're kind of fighting, and he says, look, you guys are kind of competing for my attention. Listen, I don't care about either of you. And then he grabs a whiteboard and mathematically proves how little he cares about both of them and says that he doesn't actually see them by their height or or their visual appearance. He just sees them by what a pain in the ass they are. So they're they're exactly the same, Dan. Very hurtful stuff. Really going out of his way. He's lost that little sense of sensitivity he occasionally gets. And then, so, as you said, this is kind of... The haunting part of the episode, I think, uh, it's very eerie. I say that because I think it happens like some suicide attempts realistically happen, where he comes home, Summer asks what happened with Unity, Rick says who, she thrives on enslavement and kind of dismisses that, says I'll be in the garage, 
like you said, drinks a potion and yeah. then points the machine, and then would have died by suicide oh, yeah. if his if he didn't pass out. So, um, you know, we talked about maybe he feels disconnected and like like a burden. He's someone who has he had suicide attempts before? I don't know if you would yeah. count that earlier one. He's certainly someone who has been exposed to a lot of painful things yeah. and seen a lot of things, and. He kind of doesn't say anything remarkable to his family and walks nope. away. Now, it doesn't always, of course, different things happen. But yeah. there is something about that where it just seemed like he had decided and went to go do it. And could have been a completely different outcome if it weren't for chance. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, I would say it's the most emotionally impactful scene of this series that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really, really powerful. And, and uh, I think the show is... I think that stuff is really powerful because the show is so weird and, and funny and out there that when they really hit you with this very real, um, very powerful scene like that, I think, at least for me, the contrast makes the my emotional response it makes it really salient for me so this really hits me or in the first time i saw it i think i think very literally my jaw was dropped and i, I think i said probably exclaimed something i was done like oh my god yeah I, it's weird to go from feeling kind of no sympathy for rick as as yeah. unity is clearly you know kind of being destroyed and destroying the planet and and all this stuff to all of a sudden feeling a lot of sympathy for rick because he just the way he feels about himself and how hopeless he suddenly seems and again it's he doesn't you see it through his actions it's not like he's talking about it just you know he walks in and does that it's very sad and i think also for me it made me think about people who've survived suicide attempts by these accidental kind of miraculous or chance things that stopped them from dying by suicide. Someone found them or something malfunctioned or whatever it is. And uh, how grateful it is when, when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe I should just mention, since occasionally we've mentioned some research, that most people who have attempted suicide, if they don't, they don't die, they attempt suicide and survive, most do not go on to attempt suicide again. Yeah. Well, it can make a difference if you're able to prevent. Again, in this case, it was by chance. And we'll see for Rick if the, if that uh, the statistics hold for him, mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot of this show left, and I would be very surprised if this theme isn't revisited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, a couple of uh, interesting episodes for sure. Three really, uh, uh, I would say, two really good ones and one okay one. But, yeah. yeah, we'll link to suicide prevention resources on our website in the show notes. You, if you're in the United States, you can call 1-800-273-TALK if you're having thoughts about suicide or concerned about someone. And then please click on the link just to see the other resources available. That sounds good. Any other uh, closing notes before we wrap up this week's Rick Central podcast? All right, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thanks so much, folks, for hanging out with us. If you need to say anything weird with the podcast, you can always listen to Let us know. We've done some pretty major transitions on the website and feeds, so we're still kind of working on all the last minute bugs, but I think we've got everything pretty well squared. So, uh, as always, thanks so much for listening in. We'll be back in a couple of weeks 
with some more breaking news.